All right. Welcome to another morning episode of the Liberty Dad podcast, a discussion on politics and culture. I am back for the new year. Today, the title of the show is Read the Bills, and it kind of comes from, uh, well, for me, reading the bills is kind of something that I've been doing for quite a while now. So this is not really a new thing for me, but I thought it would be an interesting reminder to people that we should always read the bills. So this comes from in my head, again, I apologize for my head being in the way, uh, but this comes from Thomas Massey. He tweeted this out January 6th. He said, read the bills. So I kind of stole my intro this morning from his comment here. He said, did you know all but 21 U.S. representatives voted for a bill written by Nancy Pelosi that called the January 6th protesters, quote, insurrectionist, end quote. He said, I voted no and took a lot of heat for it. Here's a link to the bill that became law in 2021. And then he provides a link and he also provides a few screenshots. And it's always good that we read these bills so that we know what in the world our legislators are up to. Because if we don't read the bills, then how will we know if we think they are doing a good job, right? Um, you know, how do we know if their vote, yes vote uh, should have been a yes or their no vote should have been a no? And this goes whether you're talking at the local level, so your local city council, or whether you're talking about your state level, so your uh, your state house and senate representatives, you know, also, you know, also your governor as well, who signs bills when they get to his or her desk, and then of course, obvious uh, Congress. Uh, you know whether or not the House of Representatives or the Senate and Congress, uh, the bills there are, are bills that you <clears throat> agree with or don't agree with. Right? Doesn't matter. You should know, and it doesn't really matter what position that you take should always be familiar with it. We wanted to do a bill review today. So but I know I'll be a law someday at least I hope and pray that I will but today I am still just a bill. All right. So I'm going to review a bill that's coming out of Florida and where did I see this from? Well, I saw this from Representative Anna Escamani, I think it's Escamani. Um, and I actually commented on her, uh, on her, tw on, on Twitter. Um, so she actually responded back to me. So that was kind of cool. So it says, looks like Florida, a Florida version of this bill has been filed. She has a link. I'll pull it up in just a moment. Just another attempt to demonize target and isolate trans people. Maybe we focus on property insurance instead. Bill link. And then, so this is the bill. It's HB 1027, Single Sex Student Organizations. And so this is a bill by Gonzalez Pittman. And the, the description here is creates single sex student organizations, bill of rights, provides requirements for institutions of higher education and single sex student organizations, providing penalties. Effective date would be July 1st, 2024. It was filed on December. 27th. Um, so then, so that's, that's, that's just what we have there for, for the time being. I looked it up and there wasn't a lot of information to be had about like why this bill, um, is needed or, you know, like maybe some of the ramp, like there's, there's not been a lot of chatter about it. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. So let's pull that up real quick. All right. So this 
said this article here says Florida House Republicans bill would create a bill of rights for members of single sex student organizations at colleges and universities. And this was posted January 2nd. So it doesn't really give you much more description than what I read. It says the measure defines single sex, single sex student organizations as social fraternities or sororities, uh, quote, or an organization whose membership has been historically single sex and whose active membership consists primarily of students or alumni of an institution of higher education, end quote. So in part, the bill would prevent schools from taking adverse actions against organizations and students based on the organizations being single sex or students being members of the groups. That would include preventing such things as expulsions, suspensions, or denial of on-campus housing. Um, also, for example, the bill says it would it is the intent to ensure that students who are members of a single uh, sex student organization, I feel like it's a tongue, tongue, uh, tongue twister, are treated without bias in comparison to students at an institution of higher education who are not members of single sex student organizations. Now, the link that um, Representative Eskamani provided is an old link, interestingly enough. So that's what really kind of caught my attention. So let's bring that up real quick here. Um, so we have that. Let me zoom this in a little so a little bit more legible for those who are watching. Um, title, in altered bill, House Republicans would bar penalties to single gender clubs. This is dated December 11th, 2017. Now, we're not going to read the whole thing. It is, it's not very long, but it's also not very instructive as to what is exactly going on. Um, it says some colleges and universities would be barred from penalizing single-sex student organizations under a measure included in amended legislation to reauthorize the Higher Education Act that was proposed by Republicans in the U.S. House of Representatives. So the first thing that we have here, the first problem, like <laughs> we're still dealing with education at the legislative level. That generally spells trouble, right? Because Everybody wants the government to be as unbiased and fair as possible, and we're always finding a way, a way where it's not, which is a good reason to kind of get them out in the first place. I'm like, you know what? Since the government can't accomplish this because there's always somebody that gets left out or there's always somebody that is in some way negatively um, impacted by a bill. So the idea that government can always treat things fairly is, 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 is kind of silly, especially when we're talking about things where it's kind of subjective, right? We're not talking about a crime where we say like, hey, you hit this other person and they were no threat to you, so therefore you were wrong. That would be an instance where the government could protect people um, or at least provide some sort of re- um, uh, some, they can provide some sort of recourse for the other person. They're not really protecting you per se, but they are offering some level of protection um, in a sense, even if it's after the fact. And we can do it on some sort of objective standard. Like you hit this person, you were not supposed to hit this person because you were not under threat, right? So when you start getting into education and you start talking about like, okay, you've got this group that springs up and then, you know, what should the organization do about it and why should they do something about it? Um, that's when it starts getting very, very murky. And I think it's probably a good idea for us to actually say, you know what, let's pull out rather than get more entrenched in.
The new proposal would bar institutions that have policies allowing single-sex social organizations for students from requiring those groups to admit as a member an individual who does not meet the organization's criteria for single-sex status. So I think that is the core of what's going on here. This is why the bill was is deemed anti-trans um, because it's basically saying, okay, in the law, we are going to say that a single sex uh, organization, social organization, which is basically frats and sororities. Okay. That that's primarily what they're talking about, but there are others. I mean, this is the big one, right? But there are other ones. Um, and so they are offering protections that say like, look, if you're frat, doesn't allow a transgender student, then we may want to punish you. And so the bill says, nope, you can't punish them if they do that, which also means you can't punish members who are part of it. So maybe somebody, uh, maybe there's a leader who made that final decision or voted in a particular way or what, whatever, right? This, this bill would presumably prevent all of that by just saying like, look, we're going to give you a bill of rights. Bill of rights sounds nice. Right. It really does. Um, the idea of a bill like, oh, and we got a bill of rights for everything. If like, if you literally look it up, you're going to find that there's like a bill of rights for like airlines. You've got like uh, I've seen local bill of rights for things like there's just like it's becoming a very popular thing to create this bill of rights. And what that really means is we're going to favor um, one particular group over another. And sometimes it's a nice, cute gimmick and that's fine. Other times I don't know that it's actually so valuable. And I think it may actually be, um, in some ways, maybe a negative. And in this way, in this case, I'm kind of leaning toward it's a negative. So let's take a look. We're not going to read through the whole bill. It's about eight pages or so. Very beginning, it tells you, it defines kind of what the bill is going to do. It's an act related to single-sex student organizations, um, providing legislative intent, um, definitions, the rights of members of single-sex student organizations and single-sex student organizations, um, providing the rights of members. Oh, yeah, members and the, and the organizations themselves, uh, providing construction penalties, requiring the State Board of Education and the Board of Governors to adopt rules and regulations, um, and then it has an effective date. So it goes through here, and they define things. Um, I didn't really see any issues with their definitions. So they're like, hey, an adverse action here uh, means any of the following, um, you know, uh, uh, actions by an institution of higher education, um, you know, administrative staff, so on and so forth. So expulsion, suspension, probation, censure, condemnation, formal reprimand, issuing an oral or written warning regarding an action, denying participation in the education program, um, withholding in whole or in part any financial assistance, denying the opportunity to apply for financial institution uh, assistance, denying or restricting access to on-campus housing, denying a, any certificate endorsement or letter of recommendation, um, denying participation or <clears throat> a leadership position in any other student organization, withdrawing official recognition of such organization, um, interjecting criteria, and just kind of goes, um, well, I guess I was almost done with it, interjecting criteria into the membership practices of such organization that conflicts with protections afforded under Title IX. Um, and then it goes, you know, kind of give them some more of that. 
So we'll skip down here. So rights of the single sex organization and their members. So let's see what they're, they're saying. Basically, a student can form, join, and if selected for membership, participate in a student organization, including a single sex student organization, regardless of whether such organization is officially recognized by an institution of higher education. All right, look, here's the thing. Let's skip. I mean, we, we should, you should read the bill, but I'm not going to read the whole thing on air like that. That'd be boring. Uh, but we wanted to kind of get through and just kind of get a sense of what this bill is doing. So it seems like what the bill is doing is saying like, look, let's say I go to college and I decide that I want to create uh, a fraternity of some sort. And the fraternity is going to be only men who are libertarians. Okay. So it's going to be called the libertarian men's club. And this bill would say, DL, you have the absolute right to do that. Now I have the right to do that. The question is, does the uh, university have the right to in some way um, interfere with that. And I'm going to argue that they should have that right to interfere. They should say, look, look, on our campus, we don't think that you should have this organization and we will punish you if you are a part of this organization. Okay. Now, I don't think this is an anti-trans bill. I think that's kind of overstated. Like, I don't think the word trans appears in the bill anywhere. I read through it and I didn't see it. Maybe I missed it, but I don't think it has any. And so this is one of those bills where it's not explicitly attacking trans folk, nor does it appear to be indirectly attacking trans folk. It just simply says, look, if you want to create this organization, you should be allowed to. And I think as a general rule of thumb, government should not, no, not even a general, it is explicit. I think government should not impede people from creating organizations that they want. And those organizations can have whatever criteria they want to, uh, to define the membership. So it doesn't matter. Okay. So again, if I want to create a libertarian men's group, um, the government should not be able to stop me. Right. And I don't really need a bill. I already have a bill of rights for that. So I don't need it. But when it comes to a college campus, well, now I'm engaging, when I go to a college, I am engaging in a transaction, right? I'm kind of, I'm, I'm getting together contractually with them. I'm going to say, I'm going to pay you money, you give me an education. And then at the same time, they're going to say, along with that education, here are the criteria for being involved with our organization. You're going to get this, you're going to get this, you're going to get this, right? You're going to get this level of education. Um, you're, you're going to get this certificate. You know, you're going to get these recommendations, whatever. They're going to provide all of those things. But they can also say, as part of our organization, you cannot do these things. Otherwise, you will be voiding the contract. So I actually disagree with the bill but not for the same reason that opponents do. So Representative Eskamani believes that it is an anti-trans bill effectively meant to enshrine the idea that male and female clubs can decide membership and ex exclude trans members and say, well, technically you're not a real man or you're not a real woman, so therefore you can't be part of our club. That's... Uh, that's what their perspective is. I don't really care about that because again, if you want to create an organization and have membership criteria, I'm okay with that. And that includes the, 
the universities and the colleges. Like that includes them too, because I'm paying them money to be part of their organization and to get an education and to get a degree, right? Like that's what's happening. And the same applies for trans folk, right? Like if trans folk said, look, we're going to create a trans club on campus. Well, the government shouldn't be able to stop them, but the school can. So let me give you, let's, let's take it out of the realm of trans and uh, 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 non-trans folk. And then let's put it in something else that's a little bit more familiar. And it's kind of already probably been settled in the minds of people. So imagine you go to a Christian university. The Christian university might say, well, and some of them do, as part of, uh, as part of being a member here, you cannot, um, uh, you cannot uh, in the dorms, you cannot have uh, women in the dorms with men and men with uh, uh, women in, in, in their dorms, right? Like they, you have to stay out because we don't like, um, we disagree with non, uh, you know, non-marital sex, like premarital sex, right? So they might say like, look, we want to keep the males and females separated because we're a Christian college and we're holding these Christian values and we want our students to hold those Christian values as well. So they might have those criteria and say like, look, if you get busted, like, look, if you get somebody pregnant, they might, and I don't know if there's any that have this strict of a rule, but if you get somebody pregnant, you can no longer be a student. Like that would, that would be part of their, potentially part of their criteria. They could also say, if you decide that you're an atheist midway, well, that's fine. You can, you don't have to necessarily be Christian, but you can't create an atheist organization on our campus because we are a Christian school, right? So that would make sense because, again, you would be entering into a contract with the, the school, the college, the university, and you would be agreeing to their terms. You would be paying them money. They would be giving you something in return. And part of what they're giving you is a list of criteria for you to be a part of their organization. So the idea that Florida would pass a bill that says, okay, well, the colleges and the universities, you can totally have a, you can create um, a contract with students, but here's the limit on that contract. And the limit is you can't limit other groups who want to create a group within, you know, like a subgroup within your group. You can't limit them, right? So you see how this works. You see why this is a problem? And this is why I oppose the bill. But again, I don't think it's an anti-trans bill. And, I, and I've seen several, when I was doing my research this morning, I saw several references to how it's anti-trans, but nobody really was saying exactly how it's anti-trans. I think that's just becoming like a buzzword now. Um, and it's very unfortunate because there could very well be some actual anti-trans things that do need to be addressed as anti-trans, right? And maybe they're a good thing, maybe they're not, but we can't have that conversation if we're busy throwing out, you know, flippantly throwing out words like anti-trans for something that may just be saying like, look, these groups that have always existed, they can always exist and it's okay. Um, and the, the way that we solve this issue, right, for fraternities and sororities and other groups, the way that you solve this is you get the government out and then you allow people to work it out on their own. Students can, students already look up and say, what kind of benefits and perks uh, are there for going to college A versus college B? And sometimes students will 
say like, I want, I really want to go to college A because they have this really great thing. They, they, they focus on this that I really like in college B, they focus on something else. Right. And, and that's okay. Right. And that's how it should work. And including with the groups. <clears throat> so simple bill. Um, how many pages was that bill? Let's see. The bill was six pages. So it wasn't really too, it wasn't terribly long. So I can appreciate, I can always appreciate a bill that we can read over a cup of coffee. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I think that the bill is necessary. So in my opinion, uh, I think that this bill needs to be shot down. It needs to be shot down because what we need to do is start removing government from our institutions and allowing the free market to do its thing. The free market is a wonderful thing and it can accomplish a great deal of stuff. And students can decide whether they want to go to a college that has any kind of limitations on their social clubs. And we can put that right up there with all the other things that college students or uh, would-be college students use in determining which college they want to attend. They can go to a college based on the quality of the education, the sports that they have, social clubs that they, all of those things should factor in for students who want to attend on, uh, you know, a college. When I, when I support an organization, I should be, uh, I should be supporting it on the entirety um, of that organization. And I should not be limited because if the government gets involved, then they're simply going to limit that, right? Like th there's no, like if the government says in Florida, if they say, Hey, all universities have to allow single sex organizations, basically uh, fraternities, sororities, and the like, um, they have to allow them and they can't impede them and they can't punish people for making decisions that they don't particularly care for. Then what that means is that's off the table for every student um, to use as a criteria in Florida. And so that's the government deciding for you what is best. That is not the role of government, or it should not be the role of government. The role of government should be that when you have been wronged, the government is there to deal with that, right? Like if somebody punches me in the face because I'm walking down the street, and they just come up and punch me in the face, and then I may, you know, that's when the government has a role to play, right? They can play and say, hey, you assaulted this person. Now you owe them money for their hospital bill, uh, you know, what, what have you, right? Like that's the role of government to deal with things that are actual crimes, not to deal with the interactions that we need to work out as a society. And we can. Thank you for listening. And I hope you found this episode informative and inspiring. Look for new audio episodes daily, Monday through Friday. If you enjoy the audio, then I encourage you to check out the video. You can catch my live stream Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Eastern for an informed discussion on politics and culture. And then again, Sundays at 7 p.m. with my co-host Susan Hogarth to discuss LP happenings. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.libertydad.com or my Rumble channel at rumble.libertydad.com. Let me know how I'm doing by leaving a comment. However you choose to get my content, I appreciate you as an audience member. Remember, if you're a champion of liberty, your business is people and your product is liberty. Have a great week. Catch you next time. And I'm out.